What's going on, y'all? You're listening to the My Aggie Nation podcast. I'm Alex Miller from the Eagle. It's been a while since we've had a My Aggie Nation podcast, but we're back. Busy times in Aggie land. Of course, always joined by Travis L. Brown, the Eagles, Texas A&M sports reporter. Travis, what's going on, man? Hey, busy times in Aggie land. There's SEC tournaments. There's golf tournaments. There's all kinds of stuff going on, and uh, we're flying all over the place. So sorry for a little bit of the hiatus in the podcast, but we should be gearing up and getting ramped back up as AM travels through the baseball postseason. Well, Travis, one of the last times we talked, the the episode was titled, What is Going Wrong with Texas A&M Baseball? Well, <laughs> fast forward now, seven, eight weeks, A&M strung together some SEC series wins, and it's kind of kind of reached a, a peak here where they've now gotten two shutout wins at the SEC tournament thanks to a little bit of surprising performances from their starting pitching. Yeah, it, it's been... A weird case, because on one hand, you can say, well, A&M's won six of their last eight SEC series in, in the season. But th- that that doesn't, you know, Jim Schlossnagel likes, likes to talk about it's it's less about the results and more about the process. And I don't think anyone who has been out to Bluebell Park through regular season could necessarily say that the process has been great, especially when it comes on the pitching mound. Like you said, it's been a struggle throughout the entirety of the season, they've they've mixed and matched and tried to find different combinations and different guys in that weekend rotation. Uh, and it, it, it's worked to varying degrees. You know, uh, you can look to Brandon Garcia, the, the lefty transfer, uh, who his emergence as, as an option at, as a closer, it was able to move Will Johnson to a starting position. And if you look at two of the last three outings Will Johnson's had, he's only allowed one run in, in both of those. And so he's kind of come up, come along as an option. But this team was only going to go as far as that starting pitching staff allowed, especially in tournament play when you have to have deep, deep pitching wells. Um, and that's exactly what's shown up with for AM through the SEC tournament, kind of out of nowhere. I mean, Jim Schlossnagel joked after uh, the first win on, on Tuesday when the Aggies uh, beat Tennessee that, well, if he, he's a dumb coach because he should have known that all wants that Troy Wansing needed was one outing out of the bullpen like he got at Mississippi State, and it seemed to cure all ills. He went out there and threw a one-hitter in in A&M's win over Tennessee and um, had a perfect game going through, uh, I believe it was uh, six and a third innings. Uh, And then they they lose to Arkansas in extra innings yesterday to go into the elimination bracket, and in an elimination game today, face South Carolina, and uh, you got Justin Lampkin, the freshman, coming in, throwing another one-hitter uh, against the Gamecocks, which AM wins five to nothing. It's too small of a sample size to know if this is just a, a, a blip in the in the uh, the radar, or if this is actually the pitching staff kind of coming around uh, in in tournament play. But you know, all signs are pointing upward. If AM actually found some starting pitching coming into postseason play, uh, because the, as everyone has seen, the for the most part. The bats have always been there. It's the starting pitching that's held them back. Right. And, you know, if if there was a time to peak, now would be the time. I mean, case in point, you saw last year, Ole Miss, one of the last four teams in, went on to win the College World Series. I'm not saying a going to win the College World Series at all. I'm just saying that, 
you know, in, in recent memory, there's been teams that have peaked that have not done well in the regular season, found a way to get it together and, and make a run there in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, it's going to fall all on those, those arms. And and if, if Justin Lampkin, if Troy Wansing uh, has put it together, I think a, a big key is going to be Nathan Detmer. He, he had a decent outing yesterday uh, against Arkansas, but um you know, walked a few too many has been a little bit up and down. And he's kind of supposed to been the guy this year. He was the Friday night starter through almost all of the season. Uh, and, and that would be a, a huge get. I'll be curious to see how Will Johnson does tomorrow. Johnston, excuse me, does tomorrow against, and we're, we're recording this about midday Thursday. So we don't know who's going to be the loser of Arkansas LSU, who the Aggies will play um, on, on Friday, but either way, um, It'll be interesting to see how he comes out and rolls because if they if he comes out and puts up, you know, certainly doesn't have to be a, a one hit performance, but gets a win, um, that would be huge for an A and M team that has struggled. I mean, you could even feasibly then roll into a a a super regional series or regional with Troy Wansing, um, Justin Lampkin, and and Will Johnston, and then have Nathan Detmer as an ace in the hole. Um, coming out uh, later as an op- then, then you have options. And when, when an AM team has been able to find options, especially kind of looking at last year's season, that's, that's, uh, that's really been, been huge. So um, it is going to be interesting. I th- I'm, I'm putting a lot of uh, stock in what Will Johnston can do tomorrow, because it is going to be against two really good teams, a, a team in Arkansas that AM probably should have beat yesterday and an LSU team that pretty much dominated them earlier in the season. Yeah, you know, Travis, looking at tomorrow's matchup, is Austin Beck probably the guy they'll go to uh, if, if once Johnson's day is done? Uh, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, they still have, uh, you know, they used Brandon Garcia yesterday. Uh, he's probably done for a couple of days. Uh, they, they, Chris Cortez only saw uh, two or uh, three batters today. So he could maybe not for tomorrow, but if they move past, they could be an option. Yeah. Oshenbeck, but he probably doesn't have a, a ton of pitches in him. You know, he was in that weird situation. This is actually the second time that this has happened this year where um, they had him up and throwing to take over for Troy Wansing before the, um, the, the, the weather delay that they had in that Tuesday game. So he had already gotten his arm hot and then had to stay to various degrees of of warm throughout that entire two hours before we get on the pit, uh, got on the field. That happened. I'm trying to think when was that last really big weather delay um, during conference play that happened to him in that situation. And he said he probably ended up throwing a hundred pitches on that day just because of, of staying warm and trying to keep his arm loose through that. And he was, he was pretty tired. So because of that situation, I'd be interested to see how available um, he would be. This is that time where they're going to have to start getting guys like the the Josh Stewart's and uh, some of those guys a little bit further down the line are going to have to come out and, and show that they uh, can compete. Because, you know, if you have to go through the loser's bracket of a regional or, you know, if everything falls together and the pieces fall into place and they make it to Omaha and you have to go through a loser's bracket in Omaha, you got to have arms. And usually the teams that have the the, the most pitching depth are, are some of the ones who can advance and continue to advancing. You look at A&M last season in Omaha, great hitting team. They had probably arguably more consistent pitching last year than they did this year. Um, but that pitching ran out and that's when their time in Omaha ran out. 
You know, a guy that kind of caught my eye today at the tail end of the game was Matt Dillard. He has not really had that great of a season. He came into a spot where the bases were loaded uh, in the eighth inning, got a key strikeout, and then and then got got things taken care of in the ninth. I don't know about you, Travis, but when they brought him in, I, I was kind of curious how it was all going to play out because there's been moments where he's come in and just allowed runs, uh, it seemed, right away. He's a veteran guy. He's been through some experiences. He was a transfer in here um, as a graduate transfer. So there's a little bit of of that veteran savvy to lean on. But yeah, I, I think that there is something to be said about how the AM pitching staff as a whole has come together over the last um, few weeks. And especially here in, in uh, the SEC tournament, I think that um, it, it can't be understated the fact that when you have some starters who go out there and throw with confidence and get quality starts, and I'm talking like, we can kind of go back and re, re, re look at this a little bit, you know, before Troy Wansing's win, um, and uh, Tuesday in the SEC tournament, the Aggies didn't have a single starting pitcher earn a win through the entirety of conference play. It was actually Troy Wansing against Northern Kentucky, who was in March 11th, who was the last AM starting pitcher to earn uh, a win. And then just the, the magnitude of that performance, the last time AM had had a one hit game was in 2019 at the Shriners Classic against Jim Schlossnagel's TCU Horn Frogs. Um, so it's several years since a one hitter. They've had two in the span of three days, uh, and and they actually have started accumulating starting pitcher wins, which is something they literally didn't do for the entirety of conference play. They did have one uh, against uh, Tarleton to close out the uh, the, the the regular season. Um, the, excuse me, the midweek season uh, the, at the end of this year. But as far as conference play goes, it was the first all year. Well, Travis, I think coming into the week, it seemed after a won the series at Mississippi State that they were going to be on the right side of the bubble. Now that they won two in Hoover, though, A&M seems to be squarely in. They've got no chance of hosting. Where do you see A&M potentially falling on the seed line? Could they work their way up to a two when it's all said and done? You know, if you look at some of the pontificators, I I, I always had AM in prior to their win Tuesday. I thought they had done enough. The RPI, when you're in, when you're at 13, 14 wins and your RPI is in the 30s, that it usually is good enough to get you in. I mean, it would have been one of the really rare instances had they not gotten in with that kind of those kind of metrics. Um, so the wins that they're they're for sure in. Kendall Rogers of D1 baseball today tweeted he sees AM at the two line now, not on the three line at the regional. So, but again, when you kind of look at that, it, it's different than the NCAA tournament because the difference between a three seed and a two seed means you're the home team in the first game. That's really about the only difference. There's there's not a whole lot going on there. Um, uh, between the two lines, so it doesn't really matter if you're a three seed or a two seed. Um, that being said, I think the mo- I, with AM being in, they're in, we can kind of put a pin in that and move on. I think it's really interesting now to kind of look at the landscape around college baseball and trying to place AM because mm-hmm. typically in years past, you can always guarantee on a Houston or a TCU or an uh, 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 excuse Texas. me, Texas or or one of those teams um, uh, ha- hosting a regional. And and while, yes, they're regionals, most of the time the NCAA will try to kind of place teams uh, close to, especially if they're the, a two seed or something like that, close to um, a bus driving distance per se. Um, but 
none of those teams really, you know, Texas seemed to uh, work their way out of hosting contention with uh, their their the performance in the Big 12 tournament. Um, you have Oklahoma State and West Virginia who are battling, I believe, this evening head to head. And that could kind of maybe push them into a, a hosting situation. But as of right now, with none of the well, first off, with. Uh, eight to nine SEC teams looking at hosting. They're, they can't send AM to an SEC school. One of their, they don't keep conferences together like that. So, so then that that gets really limited options for AM to go. As of today, Thursday morning, D1 baseball had AM going to Boston to be in the Boston regional for Boston College uh, up there, which you know. Personally, it would be a kind of a cool trip if if it's uh, if I have anything to say about it. But it will be interesting to watch some of these, especially the Big 12 tournament, um, how that shapes out. Because if Oklahoma State can then battle themselves back into maybe that 16 seed uh, where they might be a host, might be a better option, might be a little bit more of an option to send AM to um, to Stillwater and not Boston. But you know, uh, the, the, the with how many SEC teams are going to host, the places that AM can go are very limited, and it'll be a little bit easier probably to see as things shake out of, of maybe where AM might land as opposed to uh, other years where it's a little bit more evenly dispersed across the conferences. Travis, while you're explaining all that, I pulled up West Virginia and Oklahoma State. It's tied at two to two in the middle of the seventh. Oklahoma State uh, took a 2 0 lead in the first. West Virginia scored one in the sixth and one in the second to, to tie it. So uh, you got, you got a close game. You got to think both teams know what's at stake up there. I think they're playing at globe life park in Arlington. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, a lot of times that those, those, I, I don't think I, I've said this multiple times. I don't know if actually on the bubble, off the bubble, those kind of things get affected that much in these conference tournaments, especially when you, or in or out in a single elimination early, like in the SEC. Uh, I, I do think the hosting situation can can get juggled. Um, and I've certainly, you know, these teams who are on the bubble of hosting know that there's there's uh, wins at stake and the ability to host at stake. And, you know, as plenty of AM fans have seen from all the times that AM has been able to host at Bluebell Park, hosting is a big advantage. Um, you, you get to pick kind of the, the, the times that you want to play. If you want a night game, if you want a day game, you, uh, you get your own beds, your own uh, locker rooms, everything is familiar. Uh, usually a, a, a big home crowd, you know, you don't see a ton of people traveling, especially if it's far for regionals. So, um, a lot of more energy in the stands. So yeah, it, it's, uh, uh, it's it's definitely favorable to host, and you think that those those guys will be playing hard for it. I, that game is going to be huge. I, I I would keep an eye on Oklahoma State, and to see if AM might go to Stillwater. Other than that, then it's just kind of a crapshoot. Um, if if they don't get to hosting, and um, you know, you, you might look DBU has kind of been on the bubble for hosting. That could be another option in Dallas. I don't. I think Texas is is pretty much done. Um, in regards to their their chances to host, but all of those are usually options uh, lo, uh, close. And uh, so, yeah, that'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out. Of course, selection show comes here on Monday, so AM on Memorial Day will know where they're headed uh, the weekend after. Yeah, you mentioned Dallas Baptist. I thought they were. I thought they could be a wild card because their RPI is fifteen. Um, they're sitting there at forty three and thirteen. They're only two and seven though in quad one games, so not too great um, against their better competition. Um, 
Well, just but, the, the overall strength of schedule is what you kind of look at there. That right. That's that's what's gonna gonna hurt them in, Plus, in regards to that. You gotta wonder too. I mean, a school like Dallas Baptist. I mean, their their ballpark is probably pretty small, and so it, it could it could be kind of tough to accommodate. But I mean, you know, you shouldn't knock a team who deserves to host based on necessarily maybe the size of their ballpark. But that could. Do you think that's a factor at all? When, uh, when DBU has hosted before. No, DBU has hosted before. Okay. That's not really an issue. Um, they're they're that that's fine. They actually have a, a it, it's small, but it's a pretty pretty great facilities uh, for the size of their school up there uh, in South Dallas. So um, I, that's not necessarily con- a consideration at all. And and uh, something else to play into this whole hosting uh, conversation too is the fact that another team that was right there on the bubble of, of maybe taking that 16 seed and, and getting to host to South Carolina, the team that AM beat uh, uh, today in, in, in uh, the SEC tournament. And so if, if the goal for AM is maybe having a shot at playing a regional closer to home, that might have helped their uh, circumstances a little bit too. Yes. It's hard to say a little, this all converts conversation goes in the asterisk a little bit too, because when college, you know, in years past when, when, you know, athletic departments weren't as uh, rich and the NCAA wasn't as rich with broadcasting rights and whatnot, regionals were regional. They tried to pit teams up together. So they were all bus rides and things like that. And, and that has gone by the wayside a little bit more. You'll, you'll still see that a little bit, but it's hard to call. It's hard to say, each, you know, with definite with uh, with any uh, real purpose that, yeah, if, if Oklahoma State gets in, AM's going to Stillwater because they could very well send them somewhere across the country. But typically in years past, that's how it works. It works. So um, it, it's easy to kind of lean on that and, and kind of think that that could be a possibility. Well, Travis, um, I think something that's definitely caught the attention of the 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 social media landscape has been the the dugout shenanigans of the the whammy you're, you're, wagon. You're just trying to week. make that a thing. No, you're it, just it's, trying to make the whammy th- wagon. They've shown a thing. it on TV a ton. This but they're week. not calling it the whammy wagon. That's well, just you. that's what they're calling. I mean, yes, it's a luggage cart, but <laughs> I mean, I'm just curious how they get that thing on the bus and you know, and they're dr- being real hush hush about it. You know, Trevor Warner was asked by the sec network crew after the game. And, you know, he said he didn't even really know how they got it over there. I, I think that's one of the great mysteries of the, uh, the sec tournament, but you know, AM baseball players, they always have their bits. It's a long season. They got to do fun stuff to get, get through the season. Last year, it was the Pringles. Um, this year, it seems, you know, halfway through the season they had, it's like at, at Bluebell park, it's like a laundry, big laundry bin that if you hit a home run, you get to take a ride down the dugout, someone pushing you through kind of a, a tunnel of of uh guys and uh, uh like you know, the little they, soccer tunnel the, well, the yeah little, you know maybe tunnel. there's orange slices at the end i don't know but uh since they can't bring the laundry cart someone you know uh an, an entrepreneuring or uh, excuse me an, an intrepid mind saw that uh maybe a maybe a luggage cart from a hotel might be a good option so they have one of those over there and are pushing people but you know not uh, yesterday against Arkansas, decent amount of home runs, but you know uh, something I talked about in the story, and they've talked about uh, throughout the series is that the uh, the Hoover Met is 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 a kind of a graveyard. Like you, uh, wind sometimes blowing in. Um, it's a big ballpark, deep center field. So Trevor Warner said 
you know, that that triple he had in the game today um, that landed in the warning track, went into the fielder's glove. He hit the wall, fell out. He, he ran in for a triple. He thought that was out off the bat. And he thought one of he hit yesterday was out off the bat, um, but they're staying in the ballpark. So uh, it, it's an interesting place to play. And that also comes back to um, the, the, the the stellar pitching that AM has had. Not that. You can really say that a whole ton, maybe a little bit late there in Troy Wansing's outing that that a, that a lot of the opponents have barreled up a lot of balls this game. But it is a pitcher friendly park. And depending on where they go in a regional and how these things uh, shake out, they might not be uh, as pitcher friendly as it is this week. So that's something to kind of factor in, too, uh, when you're looking ahead at, at is this is this real or not when it comes to AM's pitching? One guy I wanted to ask you about, he was the only guy to get any kind of all SEC honors, the the freshman, Jay Slavalette. You know, he, he's been a guy that's, he's really, come, he's been been in the lineup all season, but he's really come along, it seems, since we last talked, Travis, and leads the team in home runs. And I mean, he, he seems to be as good a hitter as A&M's got right now. Yeah, especially uh, power-wise, um, I, I think it's uh, it's interesting when you talk to a lot of these guys, whether they're freshmen or whether they're transfers. Uh, a lot of guys coming in this season, a little bit of uh, it might be a little bit too going over the top to call it imposter syndrome, but definitely a lot of guys coming in uh, not necessarily certain if they had the, what it takes to play at this school and and at this level and it's kind of taken some time through the season for these guys to 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 see the ups and downs but a lot of the ups to kind of go okay you know what I can hold my own here and I I think that's what you're seeing with uh, several guys in the pitching staff uh, Brandon Garcia in particular said that that was something coming out of 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 Quinnipiac and the in the the Mac and not you know a ton of guys necessarily come out of that conference so kind of wondering if, you know, hey, do, do I have this stuff here? And as he's grown and seen that he has, he's really kind of come into his own. I think, I mean, Laviolette was hitting home runs from the get-go, but when you look at him being a little bit more consistent, uh, especially looking at kind of average numbers, um, th- that came along a little bit later. And I, there's certainly something to be said about, and he's talked about, you know, putting away a little bit of the stress of the the being a freshman and, everything that comes with your first year of school. And he kind of said like, you know, his quote the other day was he kind of had to realize like, he's not dying. His, his family's not dying. He's just literally playing a game. So like take a deep breath and just go out there and play the game. He's known how to play. And and so you're seeing some of that uh, come through to what could be pretty historic levels. He, he's a home run and two uh, stolen bases away from being a 2020 guy, which, uh, you know, would would put him in high ranks in the SEC and be the first guy for AM to do it since, uh, um, I, I knew this before. Well, look look at my story on Thursday and you'll, you'll find it, but it's been a long time. Uh, Jim Schlossingle didn't think, he said he's going to have to go back. He didn't think he's ever had coached a 2020 guy as far as home runs and stolen bases. So, um, yeah, he's been a really interesting one to watch. And another thing I, I want to bring up kind of going back to, you know, shenanigans around the baseball diamond is you, you couldn't escape the, the coverage today on the SEC network without seeing the, the Schlossnagel mid game interview jinx seemed to be broken today. They, they showed the, the montage, montage of like, it was the Arkansas game. When they were talking to him, there was an error that scored runs. Uh, I think at Tennessee earlier in the season, they were talking to him and uh, there was a home run 
Uh, and then you go back to uh, Tuesday, they were talking to him and uh, Jace LaViolette, who we were just talking about, missed a pretty can of corn fly ball in foul territory and right, just kind of let it fall because it looks like he might have lost it in something. And Schlossnagel was just like, in, in playful banter, was just like, I'm done, took the headset off, said, we're not doing this anymore. Well, he goes out there, does his mid-game interview today, and you have a diving catch by Jay Slaviolette and right, and a diving catch by uh, uh, Jordan Thompson in center. And he's like, you know what? I, I might stay here a little bit longer. So Okay, did, did Jordan Thompson really need to dive for that ball, though? It, it's hard to tell. Uh, I don't know where they were because, you know, you look at you have to look at the alignments uh, for where uh, they were aligned for that hitter to know how far that they had to throw him. Because if you go back and look at uh, the really great catch that the um, Tennessee, no, yesterday, the Arkansas uh, outfielder made in right center. And it looked Mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, he traveled, you know, from. Uh, mobile all the way over to, to make that catch, but they had him lined up well into right center uh, for maybe it was Werner. I think was that the one that Werner said he thought he might've hit out. Yeah. He uh, smoked it. Yeah. And and, that guy made a great play. So you got you before you judge, I, I, I'm not going to judge anybody if they need to dive or not. I need to see where the, the coach had them lined up for that hitter. Beforehand. Okay. Okay. I don't know, man. It looked like he just wanted to get a little dirty, but <laughs> Make the trainer work to get some stains out the you know, uniform. You know, better to get dirty than to miss the ball. That's true. And he looked cool doing it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think, hey, on, on the 2020 thing, though, did that, did, did the, you know, they tried the double steal today and Targotch got thrown out at second. Did that not count as a stolen base, though, for, for Jace? Oh, it should have. Yeah. Let me uh, like, can... does that still count as a stolen base? It should. Yes. If he, uh, well, now you're putting me on the spot. That, um, see, that's what I was curious about because I was like, cause they, cause they had mentioned it on the, on the TV broadcast right before, uh, maybe a couple innings before how LaViolette was close to reaching that number and just kind of the significance of yeah, it. It doesn't count because I just wanted to make sure they didn't give it to him. It doesn't count because it's kind of like a fielder's choice. They could have mm. gone to uh third or, or gone to second. They got the, or they got the guy that they needed to get. So it's kind of a, like a fielder's choice type situation. I see. Well, just wanted to get a little clarification on that. All right, Travis, any closing remarks? Um, just reminding for all those of you who are listening, we, we were recording this midday through Thursday, so we won't necessarily know how A&M, uh, plays out in the rest of the tournament. But um, I think the key things to take are AM for sure is in the SEC. I mean, excuse me, the NCAA tournament. They'll they'll hear their name called uh, on Monday. Uh, and very curious to see how they're going to close out the rest of this SEC tournament with uh, the arms that they have and who's going to step up and if they can kind of continue this role of, of really good uh, pitching and starting pitching. All right. Well, Travis... Thanks, as always, for the insight. Y'all be sure to check theeagle.com for all of our coverage from the SEC tournament remotely. And uh, looking ahead to next week, we'll have we'll have a lot of coverage probably on the NCAA tournament. I think it's also important to say, which we probably don't we don't say and we should say more. Uh, if you like what you're hearing here and you want to support the journalism that we do, be sure to get an, uh, a digital subscri- subscription to the Eagle uh, because you can get all of the content 
uh, all of this content. And if, especially if you're listening on our podcast feed, uh, even more uh, on the eagle.com, get that E edition, uh, can read through everything great from all the journalists we have in the Eagle newsroom. So uh, be sure to subscribe and download the Eagle app. You can just listen to our soothing podcast voices. You more than me, for sure. All right. For Travis Brown, I'm Alex Miller. This has been another episode of the Myagination Podcast. We'll see you next time.